doctors tell you it's normal for your age, and you think you're losing your mind. Hi, I'm Cam, holistic health coach, mom to two humans and four pets. Hi, I'm Amelia, laboratory scientist by day and food scientist by night. Welcome to our show. Join us as we share our holistic approach to life after 50. You can expect real life stories with a dash of humor and a ton of truth. If it happens in midlife, we're going to talk about it. So hit that subscribe button and follow along. We're the Midlife Mamas. Hello and welcome. This we are going to talk about hormone replacement therapy and menopause. Just a word of warning, we are not doctors, nor are we um, nurse practitioners or nurses. We are midlife women sharing our personal experiences with you so you can have a better midlife. Absolutely. So this is a hot topic, Cam. This is this is something that people talk about, or maybe in closed circles. It's a, it's something that you know we as as women who try to do things naturally and organically, it's a little touchy at places. But hormone replacement therapy does have a place, and I for one have had to go down this path. So I'm certainly willing to talk about my own experience. Uh, Yeah, me too. I went into surgical menopause three years ago and it was like doing all right. And then holy cow, what just happened? So yeah, we're going to share our experiences today. Yeah. And you know what's funny, Cam, as you were saying that I thought about, you know, instant menopause through surgery is kind of like instant labor when they break your water or whatever. And so, you know, there Mm -hmm. are times and places where we do need some sort of intervention. Yeah. So our goal for this episode is for you to ask better questions to trust yourself and to know your body. And if your concerns aren't being heard by your doctor, then seek another doctor (laughs) because you have to be your own advocate. I think we've all learned that lesson, haven't we? Yes, 100%. So let's talk for a second about what hormones actually are. We use that term relatively loosely. We talk about hormones in other arenas of health, you know, like our thyroid hormone or whatever. But hormones are actually special chemicals produced by glands in the body. And these hormones, these chemical messengers carry messages to other parts of the body to tell them how and when to work. So hormones uh, regulate things like sex and brain function, growth and sleep, and even the breakdown of food. So they're very important messengers in our bodies. Yeah. And I like to describe them as a spider web. So when, you know, when you walk into a spider web, you don't know where it originated. (laughs) And that's kind of like hormones because they're all interconnected and one influences the other. And so when one thing is out of whack, it tends to influence other hormones as well. It's never just one thing. Absolutely. And what's interesting about midlife cam or what I found in my experience is things are subtle at first. For me, the changes were very subtle. It wasn't like all of a sudden I woke up one day and had all of the symptoms of menopause and I thought, oh, my hormones are out of whack. It's very subtle. And that's the part that made me think I might be going a little bit crazy because like (laughs) you said, it's all interactive, right? Everything, you know, cascades on each other. Absolutely. Yeah. And doctors, you may go to the doctor and you they may say, oh, it's just normal to feel tired or it's normal to gain weight in your abdomen at this age. And you feel a little crazy, like you're not being heard or being understood, that things are changing. You know things are changing, but you just can't put your finger on it. 
Absolutely. And one of the things that happened to me is I would forgetfulness um, and just random keys, sunglasses, uh, water bottles, you name it. And I would forget where I put it. And when I found it, Mm -hmm. I thought, I have no recollection of putting this item here at all. And the other thing (laughs) is very weird. And the other thing is, is I felt a little bit paranoid. I'd walk away from conversations or text messages or things like that and have a completely misguided view of what was said or what I read. And I thought, this isn't the woman I am. Like, I'm confident, you know, I got my stuff together. And suddenly I didn't want to go out very much. I didn't want to encounter people in the grocery store. And that's where it got really real. And I thought, there's something wrong and I need to investigate this. Yeah, I t- I experienced the brain fog for sure and it was it's alarming when you've always had your stuff together and you knew things and you like were juggling all the balls and then all of a sudden you can't even figure out where your keys went. You're like, "What happened?" <laughs> Absolutely. You think, "Oh, do I need another cup of coffee or whatever?" And it's not just that. Brain fog is a real thing. In fact, I th- we might have done an actual podcast episode, but I know we did a an Instagram live on brain fog. That is a whole discussion in and of itself. Yeah. So a lot of times you'll go to the doctor and you'll come for menopausal symptoms and you'll come home with birth control pills, which is not exactly what you went for, or and or anxiety meds for all these menopause, menopausal symptoms. So we're actually going to go over, there's actually 34 menopausal symptoms and maybe you'll hear something that, oh yeah, that's me. And I want you to know that doctors like traditional doctors are only trained to to treat three of these symptoms. And oftentimes they treat it with birth control pills and or anxiety meds. So let's start listing the list. Absolutely. And I will throw in there, Cam, I have been treated with both of those things, birth control pills and anxiety meds. So you are spot on with my actual experience. Yeah. And I, for years, I would I was given birth control pills for um, hormonal acne. And that is just masking what was really going on, for example. <laughs> for sure. Okay. So uh, let's go over some of these 34 symptoms. Do you want to start... Yeah. So I will um, tell you the ones that are typical, the three um, hot flashes, which we've talked about numerous times, um, vaginal dryness. And then is the third one osteoporosis? Have I reading that correctly? Yes. Yep. Bone loss. Yep. Yeah. So those are the first three that you that are typically recognized in this time of life. But there's so many more, right? Right. So the th- those three are the ones that traditional doctors are like trained to treat. And again, they're not training to treat it with, they're training to treat it with birth control and or anxiety meds. So let's talk about some other um, menopausal symptoms and see if you can recognize yourself. So there's night sweats, irregular periods, mood changes, breast soreness, decreased libido, headaches, tingling of your extremities, and a burning mouth. So, so those are some of the 34. That's incredible. And that is several of those are ones I wouldn't have guessed. The burning mouth was one of them. We also have changes in taste, which is interesting. Fatigue, bloating, other digestive changes, joint pain, muscle tension, uh, itchiness, which I have, (laughs) have a little excellent Uh going on. Um, difficulty concentrating, got that one. Memory lapses, thinning hair and brittle nails. Absolutely. And then sleep disturbances, weight gain, stress, incontinence, like we've talked about this so many times, our bandwidth is just really reduced. Dizzy spell, allergies, irregular heartbeat. I've experienced that before. Body odor, 
um, irritability, depression, anxiety, and panic disorder. You know, now that we've read that list, Cam, I, I fully think that I've experienced at least half of these symptoms. I agree. Me too. Absolutely. So those are the symptoms of menopause. So you're not losing your mind. <laughs> these are physical things that are happening in your body because your hormones are changing in midlife. And you know what? Now that we've listed them all uh, verbally and there's so many, I'll try to make sure we put those in the show notes for people to actually read them and have a, a visual cue about what those are. Awesome. So we're big fans of biofeedback, like learning to listen to your body, like pausing long enough. Um, so there are ways, the things to look for that know, for you to know that your hormones are in balance without taking a blood test or urine test or a saliva test, which we're going to talk about in a moment. Do you want to start with some biofeedback? Yeah, absolutely. Because the, the first one is one of my favorites. Able to fall asleep and stay asleep. This is another hallmark for me. Um, I go to sleep just fine and two to four hours in, I'm wide awake. So able to fall asleep and stay asleep. And whether you, or not you have energy throughout your day without the need of caffeine or sugar. And that's a pretty important one too. Yeah. And that's related to the sleep. So if you're not sleeping, then the next day we know that your cravings are going to increase and you're going to be seeking cheap and easy outside energy of your body, something in a box or a bag, in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So another indicator would be like a stable mood. Your skin is clear. It's not dry. You don't have acne. That was a big one for me. And another one with food is few or no, few or no cravings. You feel like really stable when it comes to your appetite. So ladies, I want you to think about what we've just said. And some of these symptoms sound very much like pregnancy or um, puberty, which are also times when your hormones are very much in fluctuation. So some of these symptoms have a lot in common with other times in our life when our hormones are fluctuating. Right. So clear thinking without brain fog, your digestion feels regular, which means you're going to the bathroom. That's one of the ways we detox and you don't have bloating after you eat. That's another indication things are good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, staying full four to six hours between meals, being at a constant temperature, not too hot, not too cold. So you're not having times where you feel chilled, but you're not having hot flashes, normal hair loss. I mean, if you're having normal hair loss, then you're not pulling out piles of hair from your shower drain and keeping your muscles. Much muscle atrophy or the losing of muscle mass is one of those things that we do experience during the hormone decline in this time of life. Yeah. I want to mention about the constant body temperature. I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. I think it was 2018. And that's when I was drinking coffee all day and it wasn't working. And I was always cold. I always had multiple layers on at the gym and I always had a backup plan. <laughs> and then also my skin was really dry and I was losing hair. So those are all like typical signs of like, hey, something's wrong here. Yeah. And so you may have to do some self-advocating ladies or, or some investigation to figure out because it, it could be thyroid, it could be estrogen. There's a lot of things at play. So again, back to the beginning of the episode where we said you have to be your own advocate. You have to pay attention and make sure someone's listening. Absolutely. So, so if your biofeedback is out of whack, then there are ways you can go to the doctor and get testing. So we're going to talk about the three kinds of tests and what their, like their strengths and their weaknesses are, if you will. 
We'll start with blood. Yeah, I, I'd like to talk about blood because that's my business <laughs> um, as a laboratory scientist. So there's tons and tons of things that can be tested through your through a blood sample. Um, namely, since we're talking about hormones, your thyroid, your sex hormones, you know, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, adrenal uh, glands can be tested. But here's the thing to know about blood tests. Uh, what's measured in your blood is a point in time, people. This is not, this doesn't, like just just for the sake of argument, let's talk about a, a fasting glucose test or a glucose test in general. When they test your glucose or your sodium for that matter, it's what that level is at that moment in time. So it's a very static measurement. Yeah, absolutely. So I do have my thyroid tested. I do have request a full panel, which I have to ask for. So that includes five different tests versus one or two. Um, and getting your thyroid tested via blood is a very like, that's normal practice. So, and the other thing I like about blood tests, um, is usually it's covered under your insurance. Yeah. So some, very of, good point. some of these other ones are not. Yeah. So I go to my nurse practitioner and I request all of these tests. She's amazing. She re, she like puts them through so I can get them covered under insurance, which is good. Yeah. And that's another like side note, people. I mean, as you're going through this time of life and maybe trying to figure this out and getting more and more tests, make sure you know what's covered. Um, so we'll, we'll give you the 411 on what our experience is, is, and maybe you can figure it out for yourself. What's the next kind of test? So saliva test. So this was this year was the first time I had a saliva test done and I used it, um, it was to test my adrenals, which is your cortisol. And like Amelia said, um, our hormones change all throughout the day. So for example, cortisol is naturally higher in the morning and lower in the evening. So if you were testing via blood, it would only show you what's happening at the time of the test. It would not show you the whole entire curve or the whole entire day. So a saliva test, usually it's four samples. And um, so you get a whole picture of what's happening to your cortisol. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Cam, that is so good. I have not done the saliva test. That's next on my radar. I've only done the dried urine test and that's really the one um, that's just been really recently. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So once a year since my hysterectomy, I have uh, do something called the Dutch test. It's a dried urine um, test of comprehensive hormones. It's like an 18-page report and it tests everything. It does your sex hormones, your adrenal stuff. So that's cortisol. Um, it tells you how you're metabolizing the three forms of estrogen. Um, so it's it, it's completely comprehensive. And so once a year I have this done and then we can adjust my hormones based on what's happening. That's so. really cool. And if you've never had one, folks, it's not difficult. Um, I'm not sure what your experience was, Cam, but basically I did restrict my water throughout the the day that I did the testing so that the urine would be somewhat concentrated. And I just collected the specimens at the specified times and I sent those in. I didn't have to actually dole the urine out for it to dry. I actually just sent the specimens in. Yeah, so the Dutch test is a little different. You, um, It is testing your urine throughout a 24-hour period. So again, it's going to get a full picture of like what's happening. And the way the Dutch works is it's basically a piece of litmus paper. <laughs> and so- Oh, I see. Okay. So you urinate on the litmus paper and you let it dry, like open in this little pocket okay. thing. It's so simple. Um, and the directions are color-coded and it tells you yeah. So it just, it's so easy to understand. Plus they have a ton of videos on their website. So you let this dry the five specimens and then you mail it into them and then they mail you or email you a report back. It's very it's cool. So, simple. you know, you could actually Google this folks. And if you, 
I, I don't think they're horribly expensive, even if it's not covered by your insurance. Mine, where I actually sent the urine in, was from a laboratory where my doctor prescribed it. And so, um, you know, I was able to get that covered. But I, I, I would pay the full price, honestly, Cam, even if I, if, if I needed to, because I think it's that important and helpful. Yeah, and, and we'll link. Uh, I have $100 off. I'm not paid by Dutch. I go to their their monthly seminars, webinars, and I'm always learning. But I do have $100 off. And the cool thing about Dutch is you can order it. Like you're in charge of your health care. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's around the 250 range, but it's uh, the – the amount of information you get back about your body and what's happening on the inside is worth every single penny. So anyway, we'll link that. Um, again, I'm not paid by them. <laughs> well, that's really kind of you to link that and so helpful. I would highly recommend the Dutch test. So let's talk for a second about these tests and normal versus optimal because there is a difference, right? Oh, yeah. And you know this more than anyone. Normal is like everybody. That includes the whole population, sick people, well people, everybody. And they tend to have like larger ranges. And really what we're looking for is optimal ranges, which are much narrower and more specific to optimal health, because that's really what we want is optimal health, not just being average. (laughs) Absolutely. And so, you know, if, if you are, you do your biofeedback, which is not helpful or excuse me, it's helpful, but you're not feeling optimal. You go to your doctor, they prescribe or take these tests and tell you you're normal. Even if you don't feel great, they may not be inclined to treat you unless you insist or find another practitioner. So I think that's super important for folks to understand that, you know, again, be your own advocate, but there is a difference. And I actually changed practitioners or actually added one based on this exact concept of, you know, everything was, quote, within normal limits, but I wasn't feeling my optimal self. So I had to find someone to help me to to get into that optimal range. Yeah, exactly. The doctor that did my hysterectomy gave me a very high dose of oral estrogen and sent me on my way and said, never come back. And I was like, intuitively, I knew that was wrong. That does not make any sense to me. And so I did the same thing. I actually went through the Dutch website to find practitioners in my area that thought along this line of like holistic health. And so that's how I found my doctor I work with. That is a brilliant, brilliant strategy, Cam. I hope everybody picked up on that, that the Dutch website does indeed have a practitioner list. So you could use that. Yes. And another website would be the functional medicine doctor. So they're like, you can Google functional medicine there, a website will come up and you can search practitioners in your area. Um, and that's how I reverse engineered it after my body parts were gone. I was like, we got to do something now severe. (laughs) You are so smart. I'm so impressed. That's really awesome. So let's talk for a few minutes now. Let's move into actual hormone replacement therapy. How do you know if it's right for you? Well, let's start with a little history. Back in um, 2002, there was the Women's Health Initiative. It was a huge study. And you may have heard that hormones increase breast cancer and heart attack and stroke and blood clots. And more than likely, you're getting that information based on this 2002 study. And the problem with the study was they were studying um, Primarin, which is um, it's estrogen, estrogen versus estrogen. It's pregnant mare urine. It's not, it's not human. Yeah. So like the chemical bonds are not the same as estrogen that your body makes. And so they did this study, um, on, 
I'm going to call it a fake estrogen. It's actually yeah. a synthetic estrogen and a synthetic progesterone. And what they found was that it increased the likelihood of cancer. And so they they closed down the study. And then I would say this was the first um, incident of fake media. <laughs> like the fake news <laughs> went out there and said, all hormone replacement is dangerous when really they weren't testing. They were testing synthetic hormones, not bioidentical hormones. This is such good information and actually stuff I did not know. I know that when my mother was going through menopause, this Primarin was what was suggested for her. I don't even know if she ever actually took it, but this is old data now, right? Like this is a 20-year-old study. So we have to look now at what's available to us at this day and time. Yeah, and absolutely. And this study was also um, financed by Big Pharma. And so (laughs) you have to understand who's paying for this study. And so these were chemically made hormones that are not identical to the chemistry in our own bodies. And so when the chemical bonds, I think it was hydrogen and oxygen, if I remember correctly, are not the same as your body, it's not the same. You're comparing apples to oranges. You're not comparing apples and apples. That is so good. So I'm I'm really glad that, you know, science has provided us with some much more um, or some much better alternatives. Uh, for instance, the bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And I want to be clear, you know, this is still a man-made product, but it's de- derived from plant estrogens that are chemically identi- identical to what your body produces. So very, very different product. Yeah. So the chemical bonds, if you were to look at it, remember back in chemistry where you had the chemical bonds of the oxygen and the hydrogen, they're the same. So the estrogen that we're talking about is the same estrogen chemically that's in your body. That is good stuff. So this bioidentical hormone replacement can also be progesterone or testosterone as well. So we're talking about estrogen and progesterone and testosterone because all of those things change in midlife and may need some sort of supplementation to reach your optimal health. Absolutely. And that's where testing comes in. So you have to know where you are and then what is the optimal. And it's kind of a guess and check. So you're, well, it's an educated guess. So you know where you're starting and then your practitioner can add these things and then you can retest. I do it annually to see uh, where we are. You know, we want to keep our bone health. We want to keep our muscle. We want to make sure we're detoxing the, the estrogen, you know, so... And and you know what, Cam, as we said a little bit ago, I did go through the birth control pill cycle to try to alleviate some of my symptoms in the beginning. So one of the things I had to do, obviously, I guess, was stop taking those and have my hormone levels checked once those were cleared to kind of get a baseline level of what my body was actually producing because before I started this bioidentical hormone replacement, because we have to, we can't supplement on top of supplement and be accurate, right? So we have to have a good baseline. Yeah. Yeah. And also birth control pill is the synthetic form of hormones. And so absolutely. Now that I'm on bioidentical, which by the way, I do, I have an estrogen patch I wear on my belly. Um, I do testosterone cream on my inner thigh at night. That's new. (laughs) Last couple months. And then I do take a progesterone, which is the bioidentical form, um, Prometrium, every night. So I've been doing those things. But when I do the Dutch test, I am on hormones when I test it because we are supplementing. I don't have body parts. And we need to know what do we need to adjust. So if you're on synthetic hormones, such as the birth control pill, then yes, you do need to test without those in your body. 
Right, exactly. My my situation is very similar, I, but my estrogen cream is a cream that I put on my inner mm-hmm. thigh or inner arm, and it does have a half milligram of testosterone as well. My progesterone is also a pill, and I think it's really important what you said that, you know, once we establish that baseline and begin our bioidentical hormone replacement, that we actually are doing these the Dutch test while we're on the hormones because these bioidentical hormones becomes our hormones. Our bodies aren't making these naturally anymore. And so the adjustment is in what we're taking. So I think there's, you know, that's an important distinction as a baseline versus an adjustment as time passes, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it was almost like night and day when I think about after my hysterectomy and I was taking this synthetic high dose oral estrogen, I was felt crazy, hot flashes. I had no libido. I didn't know if I was coming or going. (laughs) And then post when I started using the estrogen patch and progesterone nightly, like it was night and day. My brain fog cleared up. My hot flashes went away. I felt more normal, if you will. Did you have the same experience? I don't think mine was a start cam. It was more of a gradual, um, and, and, and in fact, I'm actually still in a period of adjustment with the estrogen cream. I went from a one milligram to two, I think it was one to two or 2.5. So I'm still having some hot flashes at night. I went from having four or five and I'm down to two and my, uh, functional medicine doctor is still like, okay, let's you know, ride this out for another month. She's also increased my progesterone. So I'm still in a little bit of a, a finding phase. I haven't been using the Dutch test as long as you have. So I'm, I'm still getting there. Yeah. And I want to say, I mean, every year I've had adjustments. So you never yeah. arrive. <laughs> your body, you know, your body continues to change. So like I mentioned earlier, testosterone's new to me and she upped my estrogen patch a little bit. So those are the changes based on this last year's test. So yeah, that's really important. Stay in touch with yourself. I'm glad you said that, you know, you're ne- you've never arrived because that's so true. We think that it's going to just solve everything and we'll be done, but that's not actually the case. And I'd also like to point out that your functional medicine doctor, you know, there's different formulations that these things can be delivered. Cam uses a patch and I use a cream. There's also gel. And I do know some people that actually have an injectable um, and they get this like every three months in their hip hip, I believe. I'm not familiar with that method of delivery, but I know it exists. Yeah. It's a pellet. Um, yes. It's yes. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've right. heard of that. Right. Yeah. So it is a process, but it's worth looking into for sure. Yeah. And there could be other benefits too, as well. You know, as we said before, hormones being a spider web of chemical or I hate that word use chemicals messengers in your body everything affects everything else so some other areas where hormone replacement might help is with insulin resistance adrenal disruption osteoporosis obviously because you know we do experience bone loss in midlife and also if you uh, um, experience fibromyalgia this may help that as well so there's lots of benefits Yeah. And plus the mood changes and the weight gain and the sleep disturbances and you have better energy and you have more muscle and all of the, your focus returns, all of those things are benefits of adding these things into your life. Absolutely. This is all really good stuff. And I just want to point out um, that everybody, men and women do 
experience hormone changes as they age. So there are some men that actually have hormone replacement as well. Testosterone is very commonly delivered in a cream or gel format. It's much like, uh, you know, for women in the estrogen market. So, so this is not just you ladies. Sometimes your dudes might have hormone replacement therapy as well. Yeah. And it's worth looking into. There's no reason to suffer through this midlife and experience the weight gain and the hot flashes and the memory problems. You know, maybe I've, I've read a lot about like a lot of times when people are in perimenopause, maybe a progesterone cream, um, because you're not ovulating and making your own progesterone that might like level you out. So if you're in perimenopause, maybe that's the first step for you. Um, you know, that's a really good point. And I knew a woman years ago, and I think, I don't know if it was project, I want to say it was progesterone was delivered vaginally. It was kind of like a little suppository thing. So there's many methods of delivery. And like you said, it's a progression. So depending on what you need, um, you can hopefully find a practitioner and get started with it, right? Absolutely. We would invite you, if you have any questions about hormone replacement therapy or testing or anything, to send us a message on Instagram or, you know, reach out to us. Yeah, we want, we're here to help and answer questions if we can or direct you to resources. And we'll try to link some of the things we talked about in the show notes for today's episode. Thanks for listening today. You can find us on Instagram at midlife.mamas. For all of our other contact info, check out the show description below, and we will talk to you next week.